on this week's Ohio Sports Blog Podcast. We have Travis Stone, contributor for the Browns, talking about their training camp so far and players they expect to make an impact this fall, along with how he feels the Browns will do against their very tough schedule and whether or not Hugh Jackson will make it through the season or not. Travis, I went to Browns practice last Sunday. They are looking good. I mean, I'm I'm really optimistic about the Browns this year. Well, you're not the only one. Um, you speak with and see all the Cleveland media. Everybody's impressed. Um, everybody's really been impressed with a lot of the newcomers and the change of the culture there, and it all starts with uh, Tyrod Taylor and Jarvis Landry. Landry's been nothing but exceptional. Um, you can tell on the field, off the field. He's He's been the the energy boost that this team and this city needed for a long time. Yes, he is. It's, uh, it's good to see finally, I mean, as far as the first time um, in a long time, even though it is just training camp, that a free agent pickup that we made or a trade that we made looks like it's going to live up to the hype looks like it's going to be worth the trouble to go get him and looks like it's going to be worth all the money we paid him. Yeah, a lot of people were skeptical of that contract because normally you don't give out much money to a slot receiver, but you can tell in just the few practices this team has had that he's been more than just a slot receiver for him. You, uh, you saw the scrimmage. You saw the catch he made the other day. He just... Everywhere he goes, everybody's feeding off his energy, and it's changing the way people view this thing. Yes, I think it gives a little legitimacy between him and Tyrod Taylor. It gives legitimacy to the offense. Um, It gives uh, excitement. I mean, even at practice, fans are excited. You can see, you know, they're seeing videos of Landry making moves and going past people making one-handed catches and whatnot, basically just being the leader of the team and being the leader of – the Browns receiving core. Oh, yeah. And I, I, like last year, people failed to realize it was a very young receiving core. And now that you bring in Landry, you bring in an underrated guy in Jeff Janis, all of a sudden it's not that young and it's got a lot of experience, a lot of uh, playoff experience, and a lot of winning. And it's starting to rub off on the young guys. Yeah, so I, you can see that. And it also helps that they have a – Veteran, an established veteran quarterback who d- makes good decisions and doesn't turn the ball over. And looks like, even in practice, looked like he was throwing the ball on time, you know, getting it out. The team seems to be rallying around him, looking to him. Um, he seems to be bringing Baker Mayfield along with him. Not like, not they're not really competing for the job as much as he's helping Baker out a whole lot during practice, helping him with uh, different reads and whatnot. So, it looks like they're really coming together as a team rather than just a bunch of individuals. Well, and I think that was what was missing last year is Deshaun Kaiser had nobody to turn to for veteran leadership. He was he was just by himself, and you cannot expect a kid that young to know what to do in the NFL without anybody guiding them. And Hugh Jackson was offensive coordinator then, so he – couldn't spend the one-on-one time like he can with Baker Mayfield this year. Yeah, it makes a huge difference having that proven veteran guy. And, you know, 
just having that guy there to lead the lead the lead the room to be the guy who's taking the um, you know starting quarterback questions where Baker can take the other the questions about being the number one pick and he can get better and better every day and I've been reading reading different things about Baker's getting better um, so it's just nice to have that guy that one br- the legitimate bridge guy he's not a thirty seven year old. Um, uh, McCown, Josh McCown, but he's more of a easy 28. I think I believe he's 28 or 29. He's legitimate. He played last year, played in the playoffs, led that team to a playoff run, and then uh, came to the Browns. He's a legitimate bridge guy to, to let Baker learn from to become the next year Baker can become the starter. Well, and let's not forget last year in Buffalo, he was benched midseason. And then it had to come back at halftime in that game. You have to think of what the mental, what he was thinking, but he never let it bother him. And like you said, he led the Bills to the playoffs. And then you also, uh, he's a forgotten guy, but it's possibly one of the most underrated moves this offseason, Drew Stanton. Yeah, gives him a legitimate third quarterback. And another veteran who's there and can be the guy on the sideline Maybe during the game, right next to Baker, you know, talking through stuff. How would you handle this? How would you handle that? Essentially, another quarterback coach on the team that Baker can stand next to, like during preseason, during regular games, and uh, you know, bounce ideas off of him, talk to him, learn from him because he's been in the league forever, also. So, well, it's another. Like, you're right. That's another underrated pickup. And last year, when he had to fill in, he was 4-1 and one with that Cardinals team that really, you look at that team, it's amazing anybody went. We got four wins with that team. Yes. Yes, it's nice to bring a guy in who has some winning experience. Um, you know, he's played played a lot. I mean, I think the, I believe Stanton's 33 years old, so he's on the back end of his career, but he's in a perfect spot where he can mentor, you know, Baker and even help out Tyrod a little bit as far as, you know, watching tape, learning team's tendencies, learning different tricks of the trade and, you know, helping those guys and hopefully leads to transfers into some wins for the Browns next year. Yeah, and I think that's what got a lot of people last year was when they just let Josh McCown go for nothing and never signed anybody to give Deshaun Kaiser that veteran presence. And like we've said, I mean, you cannot do that with a 21 21- no, you're 100% right. The, last year's uh, quarterback room was, I think it was Kessler, Hogan, and Kaiser. And I don't think any of them had it very, I don't think any of them had, they did have starts in the NFL, wasn't very many. But, I mean, yeah, they needed that veteran presence in the locker room, and they just didn't have it. But this year seems to be, I think Todd Haley said earlier that this is the best quarterback room he's been in. Um, I don't know if that was a little bit of a shot at Big Ben, but, um, it seems to be the right mix of veteran that can be the third, the third stringer, the rookie who's the backup, and then the starter in Tyrod, who is also a veteran. Well, when you speak about Todd Haley, a lot of people in Cleveland were skeptical of him, and I cannot think of the media outlet, but they posted an article that Big Ben had trouble with Todd Haley. But when you watch the practice and the scrimmage, you have to wonder if maybe Big Ben was the problem in that relationship. Yeah, I, I they, they seem like they're both um, – him and Haley are both like, you know, butted heads a lot and 
Um, you know, and after a while, I think it's hard to work with one of those with one of the elite quarterbacks for a long time, because then you know who's you know you start who's getting the credit, who's you're going to do what I say, no, I'm the coach, you're going to do what I say. I think there's a lot of butting heads there, and it's probably time for them to split up. Yeah, and I think that's what it came to in Pittsburgh, and like Hugh Jackson says, Todd Haley's accolades they're well known and he for six years Pittsburgh was one of the top offenses so why not bring him in and see if he can revive this Cleveland offense yeah and I was a little bit and I'll be honest I was a little bit skeptical when you brought him in but that was before John Dorsey went to work and got got him you know Tyrod Taylor got him Baker Mayfield got him um, Nick Chubb and Carlos Hyde got him along along with Duke Johnson was already there and also got him Landry. I mean, I was skeptical because he didn't have any weapons coming in. But now after the offseason, he has the offensive weapons he needs to be able to direct a good offense. Yeah, that that is the thing with when you watch his offense from Pittsburgh is he needs playmakers to make it work. And you have to figure that that's what he's preached to John Dorsey since he got there. And Dorsey listened and got him playmakers. Yes. He John Dorsey did it. If the Browns can get to eight and eight, or you know, even win five or six games, John Dorsey probably should be executive of the year if they even had that award. But maybe they should make one for him because his offseason moves are just. I mean, he just made it went from this team went from zero and sixteen to. I mean, people were legitimately talking about them going eight and eight. I mean, that would be a turnaround of mass proportions. I'd like to see this team get to eight and eight, but as I've said before, the problem is can the coaching staff get them to eight and eight? Yeah, that's it's going to be this is to be Hugh Jackson's. Uh, um, I mean, he's got all the pieces he needs. Uh, him and Greg Williams, and you know, he's, Hugh Jackson's the head coach, Todd Haley's the offensive coordinator, and Greg Williams is the defensive coordinator. They have all the pieces they need to be competitive to win some games. Their, their division's not real, real strong. Um, outside of the Steelers. Steelers are still the Steelers. But I think we're catching up to them. They're getting a little older. Big Ben's older. Le'Veon Bell's pretty much said this is last year in Pittsburgh. So, no telling how hard he'll play next year. So, the Browns have some opportunities to win some games. Um, I think this is this is the year we need to see a huge jump from Hugh Jackson and his staff as far as the Browns being competitive in every single game. Oh, yes, definitely. I mean, you look at Baltimore, the quarterback change is coming. It may not be this year. It's probably going to be next year. You look at Cincinnati, Marvin Lewis has two more years, and that's going to look like a completely different team because you can't see – I can't see a new head coach sticking with Andy Dalton. And then you got Pittsburgh, who, as you said, Le'Veon Bell's out after this year. Big Ben could be out after this year. That offense is going to look completely different with a new quarterback and not Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, I agree. I think this is a – the Browns are in perfect – I mean, it's hard to say this coming off 1-31 in the last two years, but I feel like the Browns are in good position to make some – with their young players, to make some moves in the victory in the victory column and just build up. And as, as they're going up, I feel like the rest of the three teams are going to be going down. And this could be a division for the Browns taking. They could be a stalwart in this division like they used to be in the, in the 80s. And, I mean, just their, their youngsters are, are blossoming at the right time, and they seem to be coming together. This is Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson wants a job 
the perfect job. This would be the perfect job for him to take and lead this team to wins. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the schedule this year is brutal, but this team, for the first time in a long time, they will actually have competition. They'll actually have depth. And that's something that maybe under Sashi Brown they didn't have. So this is the prove it year for Hugh Jackson. If he can, as I've said before, if he stumbles out of the gate, it wouldn't shock me to see a coaching change real quick. Yeah, especially with Todd Haley there being a guy who has been a head coach before and been a guy who's been successful at other stops. Um, I yeah, if they if they stumble out of the gate. Um, you know, they have a tough opener with Pittsburgh, but I think the city's going to be the city's going to be fired up. I think the stadium's going to be fired up for that game. It's going to be September 2nd or no, September 9th. It's going to be I mean, it's going to be a nice day out. It's, it'd be a perfect um, liftoff for the season. Then if they can get that game, then they go down to New Orleans and then come back for a Thursday nighter at home with the Jets. If they're, they're 2-0 on that Thursday night. Look out downtown. I think it'll be crazy down there. Um, I mean, that could catapult them to, you know, higher higher um, accolades. But on the other hand, if they stumble with Pittsburgh, then go to New Orleans, who's a solid team, and stumble down there, you know, they're 0-2. And if they lose to the Jets, I don't see Hugh Jackson maybe making it out of the out of week three, week four with Todd Haley sitting there in the wings. No, and the good thing is if you would start 0-3 and, and you decide to fire Hugh Jackson on Friday morning, you've got over a week for Todd Haley to get with this team and get their head right and still get the season turned around. Yeah, and that's – it's almost like that Thursday nighter, that's almost like a second bye week, like an early bye week because they do get that extra day or extra weekend uh, to prepare for the next week. So they could make a move that Friday morning, you know, to Todd Haley. Then, then they have, like you said, they have a, a week there to get ready for the Raiders who are next and, you know, and get the team back under Todd Haley's control and save the season, as you said. Yeah, and then this morning, uh, of course, it's good to say, but pre- it's preseason, but it starts Thursday night against the Giants. Uh, the depth, uh, unofficial depth chart was released. I don't know if you've had a chance to look at it, but yeah, there, I saw it. there's uh, there's quite a, quite a few surprises that uh, stuck out to me. Uh, of course, but uh, Joel Batanio's been moved to left tackle. That looks to be a permanent move. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. I I noticed that there hasn't been like anybody sticking out at left tackle, but having uh, Batanio there pretty much solidifies that position, gives him at least a serviceable left tackle. Um, I mean, those shoes, the shoes Joe Thomas left are going to be hard to fill. Um, but, I mean, at least gives him a serviceable left tackle. And hopefully, you know, it won't hurt us that much. No, but, again, the problem I have is this move was talked about before the NFL draft, and it was just kind of pushed to the side. And when you're sitting there at 33, you could have taken a Will Hernandez, who's a natural left guard that is, in my opinion, and many draft scouts' opinion, would have been better than Corbett. But you took Corbett to play left tackle, and now you have to move him inside the guard. So it's kind of disappointing that they didn't try this earlier. But, 
I understand not wanting to move an all pro guard out the tackle just to see if it works. Yeah, it's, that's that's that'll be a tough uh, a tough decision for them because yeah, as you said, he is an all pro ta- or all pro guard and um, but let's hopefully they can uh, they have a good offensive line coach and Bob Wiley and let's hopefully that offensive line can gel pretty well and get a pass block for Tyrod. And the best thing about Tyrod and even Baker is um, while that line's coming together, they can make a few few uh, few plays on their feet with their feet to uh, help them out a little bit too. And then the other change is uh, the defensive side of the ball. As you see, Brian Body Calhoun is no longer listed under the quarterback group. He's been moved to free safety behind Demarius Randall. Hmm. That's a well. I, they're pretty deep at corner, I believe, and um, I think that secondary, the secondary is going to be much improved next year, especially with Demarius Randall and um, Body Calhoun. Probably be your nickel with um, you know. It'll be it'll be interesting to see what Greg Williams does with that with all the defensive additions he's gotten this offseason. I do know uh, I've been watching some video from uh, practice and the scrimmage and everything and. T.J. Carey just looks like he has struggled mightily so far. Uh, I know yesterday he was demoted to uh, third team. Terrence Mitchell seems to have taken his spot as the starter opposite uh, Denzel Ward. So with Carey struggling and uh, Brian Body Calhoun, it really makes me wonder if maybe Bashad Breland is still in serious play for the Browns here. Yeah, I think they're going to have another another. They're going to pick some people up here before the end of the before the season starts. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. They have a lot of they have some depth, and sitting. I'm with you on TJ Carey. It seems like every time I see a highlight of a receiver making a catch or double moving somebody or torching a uh, corner, it seems to be him every time. But um, I don't know if that's I don't know if that's bad for him or just that we have that good of receivers that they can do that. But, yeah, he has struggled so far in camp. Well, and the, uh, on the flip side, Terrence Mitchell's been fantastic. I mean, he's went from probably third team, and now he's starting. Denzel Ward's been fabulous. Uh, just from watching some some videos, Jabril Peppers is playing closer to the line. He's playing in the box. And he seems to be thriving in the, as the run-stopping safety. Yeah, I think that's more his natural position as opposed to playing in downtown Parma as he did last year. Um, I mean, there are sometimes I turn on TV and I'd look, and at the Browns defense, I thought they only had 10 guys that guy was so deep last year. But, um, yeah, I think his uh, his natural position is more up on the line, uh, kind of like a Tyrone Matthew-type uh, player, um, you know, guarding the slot guys, maybe guarding the uh, tight end. But I think that's more his position up there in the box around the action rather than being the natural free safety. Well, and then uh, news broke, obviously, this week that Trevon Coley is out for probably the rest of the preseason. Caleb Brantley has missed three practices or had to leave three practices due to injury. It's it's beating a dead horse here, but when comes time that you – call and sign Jonathan Hankins. I mean, run stopper. He was one of the best run stoppers graded by pro football focus last year. 
it it just it makes too much sense, and I cannot see why this team has not picked up the phone yet. Yeah, I, I don't. It doesn't. Maybe that's the problem. It makes too much sense. I don't know. Maybe he's uh, maybe he's holding out. He maybe he'll get in the camp. Maybe he doesn't want to get the camp for another couple weeks. Um, I'm not sure what's going on there. But yeah, it would make a whole lot of sense to get another run stopping defensive lineman to help with that on that defensive line. Well, and then uh, early on in practice, uh, one of the things that was noticed was Emmanuel Ogba was kicking inside to play defensive tackle with Ogan Joby, which is that's dominating enough. And then you had Miles Garrett and Gerald Avery on the outside. And Avery just looks like that chess piece that Greg Williams is going to move everywhere. He's played inside linebacker, outside linebacker, and defensive end so far. And that's a fifth-round pick. And if John Dorsey is getting starters or big contributors in the fourth and fifth round, this team is going to be loaded this year. Yeah, they're going to have a lot of de- a lot of talent on that front. Um, seven for the defense. I mean, between their linebacking core of Kirksey and Schobert and Jamie Collins and the defensive line, as you mentioned, with Miles Garrett out there and um, Ogba and o- Okunjobi and those guys, I mean, they're going to be they're going to be solid, they're going to be solid on the defensive side of the ball. And I think they they were last year also. Um, now that they've addressed the back end of the defense, I think it's going to help giving them another half second to a second for Miles Garrett to get to the quarterback for those guys to get there. Um, you know, Denzel Ward has looked, as you said, has looked great in camp. He man, is he long? He's got long arms. Um, Terrence Mitchell's looked good. Randall's look good. I mean, I think if they can get that defensive backfield, to, you know, to hold up for another half second to a second, I think they can have some big-time plays coming out of the defensive line. Well, and that's that was Greg Williams' thinking when he sat down with uh, John Dorsey. If you listen to interviews, he, uh, he has said that the reason they took Denzel Ward over Bradley Chubb was – if you watch film last year, Miles Garrett and Emmanuel Ogba were just a half second away from getting a sack, but the back end of the defense couldn't hold the pressure. So that's what they're hoping guys like Terrence Mitchell, Denzel Ward, EJ Gaines, Demarius Randall can do. And then you've already you've got bookend franchise defensive ends for the next ten years. Yeah, that defense is gonna be gonna be pretty good. This coming year, as long as they can hold up in the back end, uh, they're going to be they're going to be pretty good, and then hopefully that'll lead to some wins, especially in that division where they're struggling at quarterback outside of the Steelers. In the Steelers, as we've talked about, Big Ben is getting older, so he's on the back end of his career. All right, I need your prediction right now. Vegas has the Browns at five and a half wins. Is it over or under? I'm going to say oh, – that's tough. I'm going to say under, and I'm going to say they go 5-11 and 11 just because that, that schedule is – it's tough this year. If you wasn't playing the NFC South, I would give it more, but the NFC South is just loaded. Three yes, pl- that, that is, that's a tough, that's a tough uh, get for the Browns getting the um... – uh, NFC South. I mean, they had three like they had three playoff teams last year. Yeah, and then you talk about Tampa Bay. I mean, if if they could figure it out, you could honestly have four playoff teams coming out in in comp- 
competition for that division, and the Browns got to play all four. And I could see the Browns possibly coming two and two out of that division. And if they can go two and two against the NFC South, they could go the over. But I just, I'm going to stick with five and eleven. And like we said, I, I just, I don't see Hugh Jackson making it past this year with how John Dorsey is wanting to get this turnaround done so quickly. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. I think their, I think their basement is four to five wins, and if their ceiling being as much as, you know, because you never know what can happen with. Uh, Injuries and whatnot. I think their ceiling is probably eight wins um, in that division, depending on what could happen throughout the year. But all right, it was great talking to you about the Browns. Uh, looking forward to an exciting season this year. They open up their preseason against the Giants um, on the road um, on the 9th of August. So that'll be our first look at Tyrod Taylor, Jarvis Landry, and the boys. And then hoping Baker will get a get a bunch of snaps in that game also. So good talking Browns with you, Travis, and we'll talk to you next time. All right. Thanks for having me.